When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's be honest here. The 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates are only going to be as good as their starting rotation. And it's hard to envision this starting rotation being that good without Mitch Keller contributing and being one of those guys at the front of it. Good morning and welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. My name is Alex Stumpf. Mitch Keller has been the subject of a lot of talk over the last 12, 13 months. If we go back to during the lockout, about this time last year, whenever he was going viral for those 101 mile per hour fastballs at Tread Athletics, and then the struggles at the beginning of last year, being briefly demoted to the bullpen coming out of it with a sinker and a sweeper and just really having a really strong second half of the season after that rough start. It's probably for the first time ever that we are going into a season where Mitch Keller is a major leaguer that there is some level of confidence about, and it's not based on where he was as a prospect. It's not based on, well, his FIP was really good. It's not based on, well, if you look at this peripheral or whatever, it's because he had three, four really good months in the major leagues. And not just, you know, fluke three or four months. Like you see the tangible difference. You see the areas where he grew. You see how his pitch improved. You see how he attacked differently. You saw how he pitched with confidence. He looked like the type of guy that the Pirates always hoped he would be. That this long project that took years and demotions and just a whole lot of headaches is finally yielding what they always had hoped. That this guy could be a very good major league pitcher. Now, he's going to be taking a little bit different of a role in 2023. Because last year you could look at Quintana, he was the unquestioned leader of the clubhouse. You know, there was JT Brubaker as the opening day starter. There was there was a lot of weight. Mitch could really focus on Mitch for a lot of the part of the season whenever he wasn't, you know, clicking yet. This year, there are going to be a lot of young players coming up. And there are going to be a lot of people looking towards him. Not just because he pitched well. But the way that he did it, the way that he invested into himself, the way that he made himself better, working with Oscar, working with the pitching team, working with people outside of the organization, doing work that a lot of pitchers 
probably wouldn't have been willing to do at his stage of his career. He took a real hard look in the mirror and reinvented himself, and that is something that is difficult to do whenever you're still pre-art. What he did is a great example of what the Pirates want to do with their starting pitching, and it's going to be why a lot of these young pitchers are going to look to him. And it's something that he brought up before 2021. He said, I know there are going to be a lot of pitchers looking at me. I want to be that guy. I want to be. And it was the right things to say. We all know what happened in 2021. Maybe he was putting too much pressure on himself. He never felt right mechanically. His fastball wasn't there. It was just a laundry list of things that didn't go right. So I asked him on Friday. You know, this is going to be a very similar situation to what he envisioned 2021 was going to be. Where is he now? Is he ready to take on that challenge now? Here is what he had to say. I mean, I don't really think I was ever before last year was in a good spot to, you know, I was like through minor leagues and stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been through a lot, um, a lot of times, a lot of bad times, a lot of good times. So um yeah, I'm just excited to, to meet with those guys like Burroughs and Priester and all those guys. I don't really get to see them during the season or anything. So spring training is like a really good time to to build that relationship. So when they ultimately come up here, it's like a seamless transition. And uh, just to be, I don't know, if you want, like a bridge guy, like from Rich Hill, kind of who's got like, what, 20 years? Like it's crazy. Um, to me, I mean, I've got like three or so. Just to have someone to talk to, um, yeah, I'm excited for that. We've seen and heard a lot of Mitch quotes. The guy has a confidence whenever you talk to him now. And that's really evident in an answer like that. And how he's excited to see these young guys come up. This is really what the rotation has been building towards for years. And he is going to be one of those guys at the front. Looking at him Friday, you can tell he's put on muscle. You guys are really going to notice it whenever, you know, first time you see him on spring training games or the first regular season game. He looks better physically. That's something that Derek Shelton brought up, you know, on Friday. And a little, that was like one of the first things he brought up with Mitch. He's like, he looks good. He looks stronger. He looks in better shape. Not saying he was ever in bad shape, but, you know, I guess Mitch Keller wins the 2023 award for the first player to show up in the best shape of their life. So congratulations to Mitch. He is the first of dozens across the league. But he does look good. And the way he's attacking is different. And the way he's refining, he's not reinventing, he's refining this offseason. And I don't know if anyone else can put it better than whenever I talk to Oscar Marine. And he, say, he said, quote, it's go time. Go time for Mitch. This is what people have been waiting for. I think what we saw in those last three or four months last year does carry over to 2023. Because it was different attack plan. It was better stuff. It was more stuff, 
He had two new pitches in that mix. Now he's going to be bringing in that gyro slider, which is, you know, that cutter that he had in 2019, which is a good complimentary pitch. It's not one I don't think you can really lean on, but whenever you have that sweeper, have that run away to right-handers and have that different slider to go against left-handers, he's going to have three or four pitches that go based on every, if he's facing a righty or lefty. Do you know how rare that is? This is something that's really, he's got something cooking right now. And the Pirates need him. Because this is a young rotation. He and Rwanzi Contreras are the two guys that really need to continue to go forward. Like, hey, Pirates saw good stuff from him in 2022, build on that in 2023. Because whenever you look at Rich Hill, I don't think anyone... We all kind of know what Rich Hill is going to bring. He's going to be the back-end starter, the veteran, crafty. He's here for leadership. He's here for a lot of things. Good guy to have in the rotation. He's not going to lead it, though. JT Brubaker, good guy to have in the back-end of the rotation, isn't going to lead it. Vince Velasquez, I really like the things I've heard about him this offseason from the Pirates. Very interested to see how he looks in spring training. Going based off of that, we're going to see what happens there. It has to be Keller and Contreras leading the way for this rotation because you can't rely on a rookie. You can't rely on like a Yoan Oviedo. It's like those two guys are the guys who right now have a realistic, they can be, you know, front end starters. And it's really the first time that Keller has that title. And it's not based off of a bullpen session in North Carolina. It's not based off of this guy was a top 100 prospect. It's because this guy shoved for months. And whenever he says, like I wrote for the site, whenever he says, all we're talking about is winning, that's, the, that's on the forefront of everyone's mind. That's what you want to hear from a guy who is going to be in a little bit of that leadership position. Like the Pirates brought in veterans this offseason, and no one is going to be the guy, the leader. And it also doesn't mean Rich Hill is the leader for the bullpen, or for the pitching staff, or the rotation. It's going to be a couple other guys. And like I said, Mitch Keller is the poster boy right now. Maybe even more so than, than Jose Quintana, of like what this staff could do because of those mid-season adjustments and the fact that he had the guts to go into Dodger Stadium and start throwing sinkers really aggressively for the first time. And caught him flat-footed with a brand new pitch. That is the day, if we look back at a couple years of like, when did Mitch Keller really click? That was the day it kind of started. I think 2023 is shaping up to be the year where he takes that next step. And the Pirates could really use it. Not just for their own sake of mind, but for that 2024 team, that 2025 team, whenever it comes to those young players, having someone to look up to. We're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a few.
So I have gone most of this offseason with the assumption that Rodolfo Castro is going to be the Pirates opening day second baseman. Maybe he is. Actually, probably. I, I, I still feel confident in it, but Derek Shelton didn't commit to him at second base. And, you know, that's, that's fairly in the norm for Shelton. He doesn't like saying... This guy is going to be blank. This guy is going to do this. He likes the ideas of having competitions for jobs and everything. I get that. Second base, if it's not Castro, becomes a pretty interesting position, though. Because the next guy up on the Pirates roster would be Jihuan Bay. I'm going based on assumption here. Obviously, you got a spring training to do. You got to see how these guys perform. But the next logical guy would be Bay. Bay, I've kind of always put into like this super utility role, though. Because if there is one player that Shelton has brought up who has not been, you know, who wasn't a pirate, it's been Ben Zobrist. We talk about positional. Flexibility. He's talked about it a lot. Zobris was the type of guy who would start six times a week at five different positions. And I kind of thought that'd be Bay's type of role here. Maybe not the six starts a week, but, you know, get in there more often than not. Reynolds needs a day in center. He's playing center today. Cruz needs a day at short. He's playing short. He's playing second. He's playing third. He's playing corner outfield. He's doing everything besides pitch, catch, and first base, pretty much. So, if it's not him, what happens here? Now, yeah, you can't have Bay as the de facto starting second baseman and then move around the diamond whenever somebody needs a day off, and then Castro gets his starts at second base that way. You can do it that way. Yes. If it's not that, though, what happens? Because the only other guys on this 40-man roster who I see being second baseman are Tukapita Marcano, who is very similar to Bay. Utility player can play a variety of positions. I think we'll probably see him in a variety of positions in the majors and or AAA this year. Leo Piguero, do you move him over to second base? He is on the 40-man roster. This is a very important year. I, I wrote about that on the site this week. He's one of those guys that really has to show something because there are these middle infielders. Maybe Jared Triolo, but I, I don't see that really being... He's a third baseman, outfielder, like really good glove, could play second base. I don't see him as an everyday starter at second base, though, right now. Do you think maybe it's Nick Gonzalez? And whenever you look at Pagaro, Gonzalez, Triolo, I, I view them as more midseason options. Like, Triolo's on the 40, man. I think it's... Reasonable to assume he's got a shot at making the opening day roster. Diego Castillo did. Second base looked a little more crowded about 
you know, September or so, whenever there were the Diego Castillos and there were the Michael Chavises, and it's like, okay, there were options at second base. This looks like a much more condensed competition. And one that I don't see how Rodolfo Castro doesn't get a lot of at-bats at second base to, to at least start the year, either because he is the quote-unquote starter, whether he is officially named it or not. Or Bay is the starter and then bounces all around the diamond and he gets starts there. I don't see how it's anyone, how Castro doesn't get a lot of starts early in the year. Unless he just stinks. Or he does something stupid like the cell phone again and, and really gets punished. and Or maybe not even the cell phone, how he didn't run out that pop-up and that got him demoted the first time. So it's uh, it's an interesting scenario. I don't see... Middle infield is going to be important this year because you need Cruz to have that big year at shortstop to prove he can be a shortstop. That's why they brought in Mendy Lopez on the coaching staff to help the infield defense. And a lot of that is helping O'Neill Cruz learn how to use his feet in his throws. Don't just rely completely on his arm. Learn to use his feet. Learn how to use his body in the field. Use that frame. It could be an incredible gift. It's been a hindrance, though, at times. Build off of that. Giving him a consistent double play partner, I think, is a step to do that. And I go back to last spring training. He told me one of the things he was most looking forward to this year was turning a double play with his friend Rodolfo Castro. And the first game they did it was that game in Milwaukee where they just had that absolute beauty to end the game. It was one of those, like, there it is. There, it, that's what they wanted to do. That is, they, they could be a legitimate double play duo who both of them are plus hitters. Both of them have power and you just accept the defense for what it is. Bay is probably more gifted defensively than Castro. Castro has more pop. Castro, they're two very different type of hitters. I mean, you, you guys have seen them. Bay is the leadoff type hitter and Castro is more of the slugger. So, which way do you go with that? I think the fact that Shelton didn't commit to just Castro being the second base isn't really all that newsworthy because just of how he's gone about competitions, how he's, you know, approached and wanting to have that competitive edge in spring training. But it's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on. And if it's not... Castro is the outright starter opening day. It leads to some interesting potential scenarios. Not because of what's going to happen, you know, in the first month or two or so. It's whenever those prospects start to come up and then what happens to Rodolfo Castro. Then what happens to Chiwan Bay? What happens to a Jared Triolo? We're going to be watching with that second base. Who is going to help O'Neill Cruz become a better shortstop 
who is going to help this Pittsburgh Pirates team try to take that step forward in 2023. We got a little show left to come up. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. One quick thought to end the week. Miguel Andujar cleared waivers and will be invited to Pirates Spring Training, so they got to keep him even though they designated him for assignment for Andrew McCutcheon. In a way, yeah, it's definitely the best case scenario for the Pirates here, who are on the hook for a salary that's a little over $1.5 million. They were going to have to pay basically all of that anyway except for the minimum, uh, if he was taken off of waivers by someone. In this way, you get to keep the depth in spring training. If he shows something, if someone gets hurt, you got an option there. Based off of the frustrations he had with the Yankees, though, I don't think this is someone that you can stash in the minor leagues for all season. The guy wants a chance to be in the major leagues, and yeah, that has to be earned. Let's not overlook the fact that it has to be earned and he has, quite frankly, not played that well and has been hurt for most of every year since 2019. But he requested trades whenever he was with the Yankees, whenever he was in the minors. He was looking for that next opportunity. I don't think he's someone that you could just stash and be like, okay, we'll call him up in July or anything. Just... A thought to end the week. Thank you so much for listening to the Pirates Podcast, to be named later. If you like what you heard or you want to listen to any of our other fine podcasts, find the network, wherever you find podcasts, we're there for you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.